0: Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. So, a lot of you that know Benj, Pastor Benj, um, know that my husband, is a man of efficiency so he really dislikes rules that exist for no reason um you know things that just like what could be a simple easy process um more complicated than it needs to be he really dislikes (laughs) rules that exist for no reason so Benj is quite fun to go on holidays with um Some of you may have had the privilege of going on holidays with Benj, I don't know, but he is very relaxed, he's very fun, um, can border on a bit of a pest sometimes because he is so relaxed, but it's lovely, (laughs) I love you, it's a great time, until you find yourself standing next to Benj having a conversation with rigid rule-keeping Rhonda from the holiday park. So... Benja's family knows this very, very well, but Rhonda. Rhonda loves rules. So, when you check in, Rhonda needs to know the name of every single person that is staying at the accommodation. She needs to know what room out of the three different rooms that every single person is staying in in the townhouses. She needs to know every single person's contact details. She needs to know car rego. She needs to know um, Medicare number. She needs to know your bank details. Rhonda could basically steal your identity with all the information she is needing for you to check into the accommodation. Now... I don't know exactly what went down with this conversation between Rhonda and Benj because I could preempt a conversation coming where Benj was about to question Rhonda about the choice of her check in policy. So I left the room and went to the fun little games room while that conversation was happening. What I do know is that conversation with Rhonda went on for a very long time, like long enough, I think our family played correct me if I'm wrong, a game of pool (laughs) before this conversation ended. Um, And by the end of that conversation, neither Benj or Rhonda looked very happy with the outcome of whatever happened there. (laughs) Um, You know, like, when you go to holiday, I love it. Like, there's just signs up everywhere of, like, don't do this, don't do this, be cautious of this. You go to the pool area, it's like, don't jump in, don't do this. And look, these rules are there to keep us safe, don't get me wrong, but they can be a bit of, like, a joy stealer (laughs) sometimes. But... My question today really is, can rules coexist with joy? Can rules coexist with peace? Can rules coexist with the healing and restorative power of Jesus? What sort of kingdom is Jesus bringing? What sort of restoration is Jesus bringing? You know, Jesus talks about the kingdom more than anything else. There is a new kingdom coming, heaven to earth. So what does this look like? That is a question we began to look at last week and we'll continue to be asking as we make our way through the book of Luke. So last week Ben spoke about a fruitful kingdom and this week we're going to be following on from that and looking at Luke uh, 13, 10 to 17. So if you have your Bibles with you or your phones, if you need a Bible, there's a Bible in front of you, feel free to take that home. Um, Cool up on the screen too. So Jesus heals a crippled woman on the Sabbath. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up. And praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out and give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. So here we find Jesus in a synagogue on the Sabbath. So Sabbath was a day of rest, 24 hours of no work for every Jew. Synagogue in Hebrew means house of gathering, so what we would know as the church, so a gathering place for prayer, a gathering place for teaching, and a gathering place for community. So, and then it goes on uh, to talk about a woman being there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. Uh, She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. What an image to see that. This lady's condition is both physical and spiritual. So in verse 16, her condition is described as bondage to Satan. And here as well, we read that she is crippled by a spirit. This woman is in a battle for her soul. So physically, this lady would have been in an incredible amount of pain. If you have ever experienced back pain or nerve pain or just any pain that is crippling, you may empathise with this lady. Um, And it's no surprise to me uh, that this lady is one of the main characters in this book of Luke. So Luke, the writer, was a physician at the time. He was a doctor. And here he reports on a medical problem that could not be cured by medicine. So one of the commentaries I read described her condition like this. A posture problem of this magnitude would interfere with everyday tasks and social relationships. It would put a strain on organs of the body, affecting the health in various ways. Just remember, it's not just a little lean. This lady was basically bent in half. Okay. So it would put a strain on her organs, on the body, and affect her, her mental health. Um, she is forced to spend life looking down at the ground rather than up at the sky. She cannot look people in the eye. Sounds like a modern day teenager would neck to me, honestly. (laughs) I work in a high school and the other week I was walking around at lunchtime and just for some reason this day I really kind of took notice of the, the groups of kids sitting there. And what I noticed was they were not talking to each other. They were all on their phones looking down. Um, and literally, there were so, hundreds of kids doing this exact thing. And I just had this moment of just going, man, this is so bad. There is all this beauty and community to be found around us, yet we choose to fill up through a filtered reality. We are all guilty of doing it at times. Um, one very cool thing that's coming in, side note, next term, they are banning phones from schools. Ooh, people need to learn to talk to each other again. It's going to be crazy. I think that's going to bring up a whole other issue, but um, I'm very, very excited for that fact. Um, coming back. <laughs> I'm sure this lady would have given anything to have been able to look up, to look someone in the eyes. Her body was so bent over, it would have been incredibly difficult to look anybody in the eye unless they physically bent over to her level and looked her in the eye. She spent 18 years looking at the ground. 18 years looking at the ground. So maybe today for us, we can recognize ourselves in this poor lady's um, outward condition bent over by the weight of maybe the circumstances that are going on in our life, what we carry, what can become heavy on our backs, desperately in need of someone to help to lighten the load. You know, even though she was in such a terrible physical and spiritual condition, she somehow managed to make her way to the synagogue that Sabbath day. And what an incredible blessing that she received just by being in that space you know, I just want to encourage you today that if you're feeling bogged down, you have made it here, you made a choice to be here. I was saying this morning, maybe you didn't have a choice to be here, maybe someone just grabbed you, <laughs> dragged you along this morning, and you thought the clam was a fish and chip shop. It sounds very uh, seafoody, doesn't it? <laughs> but um, lo and behold, there's no fish and chips here today. Um, but you made your way here, you're here. It's no accident that you're here and in this space, and God sees you, and he honors the fact that you are here, and I'm so excited to be able to pray for you today, and I'm really believing that God is going to do something incredibly significant. We saw it this morning already, so we're already sitting in this space of healing and peace, so I'm so excited to be able to pray for you guys today, but let's continue on. Um... Now here comes the goosebump moments. You know when you're reading and then you're all of a sudden like, oh, Jesus is going to do something amazing. That's what happens to me. I don't know what happens to you, but I get the goosebumps. So here we see the cure. So let's go back to verse 12. So when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. So infirmity in this context means weakness and affliction. Then he put his hands on her. And immediately, she straightened up and praised God. It wasn't 10 minutes later, 5 minutes later. Immediately, she stood up and praised God. Now, there are three incredibly important things to point out here that Jesus did. Um, I'm a good little Baptist preacher, so I had three points. (laughs) So number one, he saw her. He saw her. It says that Jesus saw her in a crowd of people. Remember, this lady is bent over to the point that she's looking at the ground. In a crowd of people, he saw her bent over, crippled, he saw her. Can you imagine this moment for this lady? Jesus bending over, making eye contact with this lady. I don't know how long it's been since this lady has had eye contact with anyone. Jesus looked at this lady in the eye. She was seen when often she can go unseen. She was seen. And I want to encourage you this morning that you are seen. God sees you. He sees your heart. He sees your posture towards him. And wherever you are with your relationship here with Jesus this morning, he looks at you with compassion and he looks at you with love. Remember that this morning. He saw her. He sees you. So number one, he saw her. And number two, he called her and set her free. He called her forward and said to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. The woman didn't go to the synagogue that day to request healing, at least I don't think she did. So there is no mention that this lady initiated a conversation with Jesus prior to this interaction. Jesus initiated the first move. He calls her forward to him. She makes her way through the crowd to Jesus probably she's in a lot of pain so weaving her way through the crowd she makes her way to Jesus and then he utters the words to her you are set free beautiful in so many ways Matthew 11:28 but uh um, yeah, Matthew 11, 28 to 30, um, says this, Come to me, cause it come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He has already initiated the first move. The next move is on us. He calls us forward. When we answer his call to relationship, to know him, his answer to us is you are set free. I love that. In him you will find rest for your weary soul. So he sees you. He calls us forward. He sets us free. And this beautiful moment happens. Number three. This lady experienced immediate healing. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Physically, this lady had experienced healing, which was miraculous in itself. Not only was her body made straight, but her soul was made straight too. She was no longer bound by Satan. The translation for set free literally means untie. She was set free, untied. What do you need for Jesus to untie for you here today? What has kept you bound from living the life, a life that is full? That's my question for you here this morning. So as we read on, we encounter Jesus rebuking an angry little synagogue leader who calls Jesus out for healing on the Sabbath. Now, much like our friend Donna from the Holiday Park, this synagogue leader is just trying to do what he believes is right. He's just trying to adhere to policy. Now, I'm sure maybe you think about your workplaces and like all these kind of rules set in place and you're like, why are these things here? Um, But they've been set in place for a long time. Everyone has to adhere to policy um, and, you know, it's there to keep us safe, but this man was just adhering, adhering to policy. He holds a responsible position and is trying to uphold what he understands to be holy. But what the synagogue leader fails to understand and what Jesus so beautifully demonstrates is that acts of compassion are in fact holy the rules and compassion can coexist with each other Jesus showed beautiful compassion that day for this lady when he healed her so what sort of kingdom is this is it one of rule following that comes at a cost of people I don't think so (laughs) it's a kingdom that brings healing It's a kingdom that brings restoration. It's a kingdom that brings spiritual healing, relationship with him, right relationship with him. It's a kingdom that brings physical healing. He still does miracles to this day. I believe it and I've seen it. And a kingdom of social healing. He brings us into community. He brings us back into community. He sees you, he calls you, and he brings you back into community.